You can be seated. Uh, I don't remember what grade it was, but in somewhere in school, they started to talk to us about context clues. Context clues. And if you haven't figured out by the context clues, today we are going to have some baptisms after service. And so I am thankful for that. The context clues in this event are our tank is over there and it's full. In case anybody's a little slow this morning. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Acts first. If you don't have a Bible, it will be up on the screen as soon as I find it and give them the, the passage. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Just want to read you this one verse before we go somewhere else. But just so you are aware, in case you didn't know, if you're not familiar with Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul is in a place called Athens. And while he's in Athens, he sees the, all these different idols and altars and, and everything taking place there. And he says, these guys are really, uh, they're spiritual, but they're not godly. He says, I perceive in all things you're too superstitious. That's the King James word that he uses there. You're too superstitious. Really, he's saying, yes, you're spiritual because you do spirit-type things here. You have gods and you pray and you, you know, you're trying to engage your internal spirit with idols, with gods. But he says, you're... you're too superstitious. You don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to do some spiritual stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to give you the paraphrased version of this so we don't have to read it for the sake of time. But he says, there is, I saw there was an, an altar and it said on there, the unknown God. And I, I just, when I see that, I think clever, clever apostle. Clever apostle Paul. Because he says, I'm going to use this opportunity. Now, hang on. I'm aware of the optics here. And I asked the youth class to sit right here in front. But I'm not just preaching to the youth today, okay? This is for everybody. Including you. And all of us. So he says, this unknown God. Let me tell you about him. Because he's probably one you've never heard of before. And, he, and, and Paul just starts to talk about this God is like this, and he's this, and he gives them all kinds of stuff. But just this one verse I want to read to you. He says, and he, talking about God, hath made, and hath made of one blood. Everybody say one blood. Say one blood. Hath made of one blood all nations of men. That means he put blood in one person, Adam. When he created Adam, 
just like he put all the other stuff, he put blood there in Adam. And of that one blood, all nations of men have been made. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe that? Or does anybody think he made another person with different blood? Of one person. He's made all nations of one blood. For to dwell on the face of the earth. To dwell on, everybody say to dwell. To dwell on the face of the earth. So he made men. He made the earth. He made men to dwell. All nations of men. He wants everybody to live and dwell on the earth. All nations of men. And hath, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So he says, I'm, I'm, I've made these men. Some of you are going to live here. Some of you are going to live here. Some of We call these the hemispheres, right? Think of it in your mind if you've done that. Western, Eastern. You're going to live in this country. When it says he's determined the bounds of their habitation... We are examples of that. He determined the bounds of our habitation, at least for this season of our life. We all live in the United States. And you can even take that down a little bit more. He's determined the bounds of our habitation to be, most of us, Yakima County. And he says, that's where I determined I want you to live. But just because I put you here doesn't mean you're any different when you get down to the life life is in the blood when you get down to the life of this person you're not any different than somebody that I put over in Benton County that's the very next one Tri-Cities in case you didn't know or the, somebody that I put in, on the Asian continent or somebody that I put wherever this, I, I determined that I want so and so to live in such and such place is everybody still with me that's how you got here that's why you live where you live. Now, we might be thinking, oh, no, I decided. I didn't like living there, and I wanted to move here. Well, okay, but you, who do you think helped you make that decision? Who do you think allowed? Who put, okay, I'm not going to go down that road anymore. We know how we got here. That's how we got here. God made of one blood all nations of men. I want you to look at Genesis. Let's do Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. In the, uh, in the accounting world, or if you ever use Excel, Microsoft Excel, or some other form, has anybody ever heard the term drill down? And I'm talking about it in a software context. You drill, has anybody heard that, or am I just the only one? You know what it means to drill down? You take a, you take a bit of information, you go further into that bit of information. That's called drilling down. We're going to drill down a little bit right here. We talked about all nations of men being made from one blood. And I've mentioned this. I feel like I've mentioned this several times the last few times that I've spoken. We all came from Noah. Amen? We all came from Noah because God decided, I don't want anybody else living except Noah 
and his family. <clears throat> so we all came from Noah. When they got off of the ark, when they got off the boat, nobody else is around. There wasn't just this one guy, you know, that knew how to swim really good, and he survived over on that hill. There was nobody except them. And so they get off of the ark. It says that God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That was the command. Everybody say, that's the command. Say it again. That's the command. God told Noah and his sons, be fruitful. I don't want just eight people living from now on. I want to replenish the earth. Because I made men to dwell in all bounds and on the face of the earth. I don't just want a bunch of Mesopotamians. I have greater plans. I want men over, over here and men and women over there. And I want to fill the earth. I want to fill the earth with men and women. So be fruitful and multiply. That means have a lot of kids. And they're going to multiply. I want, how? How, how? How? Look around here right now. How did we all get here? We would not be here if... The sons of Noah did not obey that command. But let me just tell you, they weren't crazy about the idea right away. But that, that's a little foreshadowing. Jump down to verse 7, Genesis 9, verse 7. He's going to reiterate this fact because he means business. And you, be ye fruitful and multiply. Everybody say multiply. Can I get everybody to say multiply? I'm not going to make you do it, okay? I'm not. We're, this is not math class. You just get to sit there and listen and participate. So be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. This is what God wants. I want men everywhere. Jump to chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. Now, we're only moving over two chapters, and the chapter 10 that we're skipping is one of those begot chapters, the lineage. So we're not leaving the, 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 the uh, context of what we were just talking about, where God told Noah, be fruitful, told his sons, multiply. All right? We're in the same spot. And they said, now we get to hear what they think. All right, we are going to multiply. We're going to replenish the earth. We're going to have men and women all over the earth. No, that's not what they said. They said, let us build a city. And a what? Let us build a city and a tower. Whose top may reach unto heaven. I want to build a really tall tower. We're not multiplying and replenishing the earth. We're building a city and a tower all the way up to heaven. 
Why? And let us make a name, lest we be scattered. Lest we be scattered. Everybody say scattered. I don't want to be scattered. I want to stay right here where I got off of the ark because I missed dry ground so much for so long. I just, I'm good right here. I'll stay right here. We don't want to be scattered. Let's build a city right here. Let's build, build a tower. Where did the idea for the really tall tower come from? In case there's another flood, we're going to build a tower so high that no matter how high the waters get, we can go to that tower and we'll still survive. Right? Not a mansion. Not like a, a room with houses for everybody. No, a safety net. Build a tower in case God... Des just listen, it's just kind of crazy. In case God decides he wants to wipe us all out again. By the way, he just promised, I'm never going to destroy the earth by flood again. But it, just in case he decides to change his mind. There's a, there's a root issue there called trust. In case he decides to change his mind, we're going to build this really tall tower. We're going to build a city. We're going to make a name for ourselves. A name for ourselves. We want to be known. I want you to know me. I want me to know you. So that way, if you happen to wander off, we did this at the fair. We write our, our phone numbers on the kids' arms. And just in case you happen to wander off, somebody will say, what's your name? Well, I'm one of, oh, you're, you belong in that city where there's the tall tower. We'll get you back. It's all safety net stuff here. It's all preservation here, self-preservation. We're going to preserve ourselves. We're protecting and insulating ourselves from who, from what? From the work of God. We call that, it was like a disaster. It was this chaotic thing that happened. So, just in case. So what we're seeing here really is a glimpse into human nature and how humans respond to chaos, to catastrophe. We're going to insulate. We're going to self-preserve. And I'm going to make sure no matter what happens... I've done what I can do, and I'm going to be safe. Nothing's going to happen to me. There's just one small problem with that. It's exactly the opposite of what God told him to do. God said, get off everywhere. Just go. Run wild. Go crazy. Fill the earth. In fact, if you want that hill, you guys just go race for it, and whoever's there first gets it. I want people everywhere. And go to that one and live here and live there. And their response is the exact opposite. We're going to build a city and a tower and make a name for ourselves. We're comfortable right here. There was a song. The Lord gave me the title of this song while I was in the prayer room. And I just laughed because I think I've heard that song. I don't know much about it. don't know who did it, when, or any of that stuff. And this song is called, Should I Stay or Should I Go? not a Christian song, in case you didn't see that coming. But most of you heard it. I think it was in the 80s when that was popular. Should I stay or should I go? 
So I hear, I see the command of God is go, get out. It's kind of like God's giving them the boot. I want you to leave. I don't want you to stay here. Fill the earth. Replenish the earth. Now they're asking themselves, should we stay? That's what we want to do. Or should we go? That's what God told us to do. I believe you live long enough, and most of us, if not all of us in here, we've already experienced this somewhere along the way. God has told us, made it very perfectly clear, something that he wants from us. I want you to do this. This is a command. Do this. And then we have this thing called self-will. And you learn this when you're a tiny, tiny little guy or girl. I can say no. I don't have to. You can't make me. So we realize that God's told me to do this. Here's what he wants for me. He's talked to me about making this change in my life. He's talked to me about not doing this anymore or start doing this. But I know that's God and I know that's from him. But my response is, mm, should I or should I not? Do I want to or do I not want to? Should I stay or should I go? Just in case you're wondering, go to verse 8, how that story played out. So the Lord scattered them. The Lord scattered them. They had the plans, the idea. They are actually building that, that tall tower. And the Lord says it, and he looks at it, and he says, they can do this. They could. They can work on their own, own behalf against my will. And they can accomplish what they want to do. They are in direct disobedience. And they're, they, they're so disobedient, and I'm seeing it, I have to do something about it. That's not a bad spot to be in. That's a good spot to be in. Sometimes we think we know what's best for us. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. I want to be this. I'm going to work towards it. And the Lord says, I don't want you to be that, but you know what? You could. So I'm going to try to interrupt what you're doing and make you what I know you need to be. I'm going to cause this interruption in your life because I don't like the direction you're going. I believe that's where a lot of us are in the season of life that we're in right now. The Lord is saying, I see the path that you're on. Maybe it's just been a few weeks, a few months, maybe a few years, maybe a long time. But the Lord's saying, you have a pattern of doing this and being this. And you know what? Out of my grace and out of my mercy, I'm going to try to change you. I'm going to interrupt. I'm not going to let you do I'm not going to let you harm yourself. That's a loving God. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth. And they left off to build the city. They decided, put the tools down. This, you know how he did it. He confounded their languages. Before this, they all spoke the same language. 
I just, I would love to be there that day. I don't want to stay there. I don't want to live there, but I'd love to just get a glimpse of it. Wish we could watch that on YouTube. The Tower of Babel encounter, where everybody starts speaking the same language, and then they show up, grab the hammers, grab the nails, whatever it is, and, 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 and here comes the boss with the new plans, and he's speaking some kind of foreign language they'd never heard before. And this guy looks next to this one and says, can you believe what he's saying? And this guy's like, what? What did you say? What's he saying? What? It's kind of like going down the line. They can't, they can't speak the same language, so they can no longer understand. I don't know. I'd like to know how many days they might have tried to work like that. And he's, he's got this new word for a rock. What? That's what this is. I could just picture it. I mean, we're humans. We know what it's like when we're, when we're wrong, but we don't want to admit it yet. Let me just keep trying. I'll, maybe something's going to turn around a little bit. Something, the Lord's going to help me, and, he, and I'm going to get better, and this is going to work. Eventually, they left off building the city. And they found, oh, hey, me and you, we speak the same language. There's a few of us, we actually do understand our, each other. You know what? Why don't we just kind of leave these people, because I don't know what they're saying. And that goes over there and over there and over there and over there. And the Lord's sitting there going, yeah, I told you. I tried to give you the option to, to just simply obey. But when you didn't, I had to step in because I, ha I have my plan. My will is to replenish the earth, put humans all over the place. The Lord, let, let me try to see if I can give you a little parallel here for just a minute. Put this in some spiritual context. And we're in the church, I know. We come here every week. If we're not careful, we get into this idea or this thought. Everybody should be here. I just wish, I wish the whole city of Yakima would just come to church with me today. Why don't you come run that by me first? I, 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 I'm, I know that's kind of facetious, but I'm just thinking, what would we do? In fact, if all those people that were going to the corn maze last night had, had just turned and come into our parking lot, we'd be in pretty big trouble right now. So do we really want everybody to come to our church? Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? We could, we could just go get a bigger building. We'll, we'll go down. I don't know, rent the sun dome or something. How awesome would that be? How great would that be? Now, it's kind of funny. I feel like I'm preaching this about 20 years too late for a lot of just regular Christianity because this was a prevailing thought many years ago, even decades ago. They used to have these things, and they still got some. They call them mega churches. And a mega church is we want to be the biggest, the best, and we want to have all the people. We want to make a name for ourselves. We want to self-preserve. We want everybody to know 
Who, just in case one of our little ones wanders off and somebody finds them, who are you? Oh, I go to such and such megachurch. Oh, all right, we'll just scoot you right along that. Oh, yeah, we got a, we, we've got a reputation. And we want everybody to know that's us. We see a spiritual principle here. It's a, I don't have time to take you through all the scriptures, but look at Matthew 28, 19. Go. The first word is go. Go. Go to all the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power and you, be, you will be witnesses unto all the earth. I want you to go. Just like I want men, you know what? I want men to live everywhere. I want all the face of the earth covered with humankind. And you know what? I want to do the exact same work in every human's life. That's, that's the way God feels. I'm not willing that any should perish, but all I want all to come to repentance. And we, meanwhile, we think, no, we just want a better church. We just want a bigger church. We just want a more popular church. We just want to say, okay. We just want to say, we go to the cool church. That's all I want out of my relationship with God. I want to be able to say, I go to the cool place, and you should go too. Why? You mean because when I get there, I'm going to get convicted by the Holy Ghost, and the Lord's going to make me repent, and I'm going to be... No, no, no. <laughs> no, because we all are cool. Because it's the, it's the place to be. I'm there and my friends are there. The Lord is looking at churches and he's saying, I told you to go. I told you to scatter. I heard this. I heard a, I heard a preacher recently in a message that said, this situation happened and, and then everybody was scattered and poor them. They're just so much worse off now because of that. And then the Lord showed me this in the scripture and said, what do you think my plan is? Which one of these two do you think is my will? Which one of these two do you see in the scripture? People heaping to themselves. I threw that one at you sideways. I'm sorry. It's in the scripture. It's in my notes. But people heaping to themselves, piling on more and more. I want to build more of what I like. I need to get more of what I'm proud of. I need to get a reputation that I love because I'm heaping. This is in 1 Timothy, in case you're wondering. And it's a, it's a, it's a warning about the last days. You're going to see this. Men will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What does that mean? It means I'm going to get somewhere that I like to be, that I'm comfortable, and I'm going to hear all the things that I want to hear. And I'm not going to have to worry about hearing anything I don't want to hear. That is a promise from God that it will happen. And the, and the Lord's looking at churches and saying, that church is just trying to gather more. It's just trying to heap more of its own self. Build a little higher. Preserve a little more. Get a little better. Make a name for yourself. 
And the Lord is saying, meanwhile, my command is, I told you to fill the earth. Go, fill the earth. So if you don't, oh, if you don't, I will. If you don't make the choice on your own to get involved, to follow my will, to obey, you know what? I'm going to bring some confounding situations. I'm going to bring some things that don't make a lot of sense. And it's going to cause one to wonder and ask and think, this is not what it used to be. This is, it's not making sense to me anymore. Maybe God's trying to do something new or different. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth. They left off to build the city. The next verse, it says, Therefore the is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. You know, if you trace these roots back of all these different languages, English in some form or another came from Babel. Spanish in some form or another came from Babel. German. All of it. The, all the, is that what the Bible says? He confounded the language of all the earth. From thence did the Lord scatter them abroad unto the face, upon the face of the earth. I've got one more passage I want you to look at. Just one verse. 1 Kings chapter 18. Now that, go back to the, the song title I mentioned a minute ago. Should I stay or should I go? In that instance, it was very clear what was the command of the Lord, right? To go. Don't stay here and build this thing. You got to go. In this passage, I want you to just see it quickly. But if, if you've ever heard of this prophet called Elijah, raise your hand if you've heard of the prophet called Elijah. Elijah is, in his own mind, the only godly priest left in all of Israel. All the people. Well, later on, the Lord corrects him and says, no, I've, I've got some, rem some remnant to myself. You don't know where they are. You don't need to know where they are. So uh, for all intents and purposes, fine, I'm good with you feeling like you're the only godly prophet left for the work I'm about to do. So he goes and he says, call all of Israel. All of Israel. And call all the prophets of Baal. Because God's people are having a tough time deciding who they are. God's people are having a tough time deciding who he is. I don't know if he's this good or if he's, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. Or maybe I've lived this way for a little bit and I've lived this way for a little bit. And I'm trying to decipher between the two. Does God want me to be this? Or is he okay with... Okay. I knew this was going to happen. I got to read you a note that I wrote. I think it was yesterday. Do I... Do I do this or do I want to do that? I started to pray this the other day. And this is personal. This is for me, okay? You just... You can sit there and listen. And if it hits you... Let it hit you between the eyes. If not, pray for me. But I got in my car. I think I was leaving work one day. I got in my car and I said, Lord, I just want to please you in my prayer. 
And I didn't have to hit the brakes literally, but spiritually, the brakes were pumped. Not by me, but by the Lord. And he said, do you really want to please me? Do you really want to please me? And I thought, well, you know me better than I do. So why don't you tell me if I want to please you or not? So then he was kind and he made this a little bit more generic and not just right at me, but at all of us, I feel. And this is what he said. Do we really want to please God or do we want to be just sufficient enough that, will he, that he will let us slide by? There is a difference. In case you're wondering, this was almost a Facebook post. I typed it up, I, then I hit a bunch of backspaces, and then I just put my phone down. I thought, you're going to have to use that sometime if you want. I'm not. And look at him. Do you really want to please me, or do you just want to be sufficient enough that I will let you slide by? Because if you know, if you want to please me, it's really easy to find out what pleases me. God is not some impossible to figure out, you know, really tough, complex kind of guy that's like, well, one day I want you to do this, and then, no, I, I used to do that, but let's do this now. Okay, you did that, you figured it out. Okay, let's, I got another challenge for you. No. He's saying, if you want to please me, it's easy to find out what pleases me. Start with spending time with me. Start by spending time with me because that pleases me. <laughs> I don't think I have to go further. We get the picture. Do you want to please me or do you want to be able to call on me when you need me? This is what came next. We want an A-plus God to perform for us based on a C-plus relationship with Him. C-plus is being kind. That's what, I, that's what He had me type. I wanted to put a different letter in there. But I, what's a C-plus relationship with God? Well... What's a C-plus in your class? And those of you that are no longer in school, just remember, like me. I used to go into a class, especially when I got to college, and they would give you the syllabus. I thought, this is cheating. You're telling me right now exactly what I have to do to get the grade that I want to get. That's cheating. If you, there's going to be this many tests. They're worth this many points. There's going to be this many assignments. They're worth this many points. If you do them all and you get the highest grade possible, you will get this grade. And I thought, sweet, I know what I need to graduate. It's not A pluses. I hope this is not too honest. Mom and Dad, if you see this, forgive me. I know what I need to do. And it's not, I don't, I'm not trying to get no 4.0. That was a double negative if you caught it proof. I don't know. I, I, I know that especially as like you get through the first you know couple of semesters or classes, you're like, oh wow, this really works. I got my C. I might even go for a B today in this class. This was not too hard. It's one of those extracurricular classes. I could probably even get an A with that very little 
you know, trying right here. Okay, let me tell all of myself a little bit more in case I haven't done that yet. I am an accountant. I have been for over 15 years now. I told somebody this recently. I just got my associate's degree right after high school. I have mostly A's and B's in, in, in those years, a few C's. But you know what the C's were in? Accounting one, accounting two, economics, macroeconomics, microeconomics. All the financial stuff that I do on a daily basis now. C's, C minus. Meanwhile, English, A plus. Oh, that's easy. It just comes natural to me. But this is what the Lord said. You, wanna, you want me, God, to be A plus on your behalf all the time. 100% of the time. But you just want to put in the work, the minimum, get a C, get a C. If we say, we come into the church and say, oh, I just got to make it to heaven. Heaven is my home. I just, whatever I got to do to get to heaven. That's not too far off from someone going up to God and saying, good master, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And the good master looks and says, oh, good student, you are so close. You've got like a 99.8 right now. You just got this 2% hanging out there to get to 100. Let me tell you how easy it is. He starts by saying, obey God, keep the commandments. Oh, I've done all that. I've done all that base course stuff. Come on, give me the advanced stuff. All right. Sell everything that you have and just give it to the poor. And then just follow me. Oh, really? What am I at right now? You're at 99.8. That sounds pretty good. This is our approach to God. I'm talking about our approach to God. What grade do you want? Not, what do you want Him to be? Who do you want Him to be? Oh, I, I'm good with the, just a God that if I call His number, He'll answer it half the time. I don't think any of us would say that. I want him to be who he is. I talked about this last week. All that he is. I, I, I know that I need him to be everything and more. And he's saying, oh, I am that. Well, who are you? What are you going to do? What are you willing to do? Let me finish reading this now. First uh, Kings 18, verse 21. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? He calls them all there and he's saying, People of Israel, God's holy chosen people, how long are you going to stay like this? You don't know. You don't even know if you should do this or do that. You don't even know if you're supposed to, if you're supposed to pray. You don't know when it's time to pray. You don't know how to find God on your own, but you know because you've got these neighbors and these friends and all your co-workers and all around you, they've told you they've filled your ear with tons of stuff about their gods, their life, 
and now you're trying to juggle the two. Maybe you just bought a new ox cart, and you, you're worried about if it's going to rain or not. Get your ox cart all rusty and dirty. Lord, I'm praying that it doesn't rain tonight because I want to get in this dry tomorrow. And then you remember, oh, so-and-so said they got this rain god. Hmm. Maybe, I mean, I've already covered my base with Yahweh. But maybe I'll try this rain god thing too. Just in case. It's not going to hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt. Wait till the prophet hears. So he brings him and he says, how long is this going to go on in your life? If the Lord be God, follow him. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people answered not a word. They're all looking around. Which, where's Randy? He's the first one that always speaks. He's not here today. And not a word. Verse 24. So what Elijah says to the prophets, he says, we're going to have this little showdown here and find out who's God. Call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. You know the rest of the story. He, Elijah says, I'll even let you go first. They go first. No response from their God. No response. He says, okay, now clear out the way. Let me show these people of Israel who they've been shortchanging. Let me... Let me just give God an opportunity to demonstrate. You know, I feel like a lot of us right now that's the word that we need to hear. Let me give God an opportunity to demonstrate himself. I'm getting myself out of the way. I've tried way too much, way too hard for way too long, and it's not working. I'm going to give God the opportunity to demonstrate. I'm just telling on myself left and right. I'll give you one more quick one. You ever saw that yellow Volkswagen Beetle that I drove out there? It's not, it's not out there anymore. It's not in the driveway anymore. Thank the Lord. It's not leaking all over my driveway anymore. Thank the Lord. Sold it. Blessed somebody with it. They're, they're happy. All that. But about, I don't know, about uh, three months ago, I was already ready to just stop driving that thing. It had not gotten me home one too many times. I thought, I'm not trusting it anymore. We left it in the driveway. We moved down the street. That thing just moved right down the, the street. And that's it. But the Lord had already told me, and I told my wife this, try me. I, I, I had had that thing for at least a couple of years, 
and it was going nowhere. We try it, it would work good for a little bit, try it again, it's gone. I thought, I don't know what to do. Lord, I need your direction with this. Because I'm ready to do all kinds of stuff. I'm ready to take it apart and let it be a playground for the kids. You know, it's got more value if they can get fun out of it. I don't know what to do. That, that little VW logo's got more value than the whole car right now. Somebody will come here and buy that for 10 bucks. And the Lord said, try me. And he gave me a price. Oh, young people, get ready. It's gonna be, it's, life's going to be a lot more fun. you got a car right now. The, it's going to get fun. Especially when you start talking dollars and cents and price and all this. Because, I don't know, how real do we want to be with God? How much do we want to trust Him? How much do we want to say, I, you got this one, I got this one. You take care of that, I'll take care of this. I'm not painting myself as somebody real spiritual, okay? I just I don't want you to get the wrong impression. I was more often than not ready to kick that thing down the road and let it hit something. But the Lord had told me, try me. I, 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 and here's another lesson. He didn't give me this the first time I prayed about it. I prayed and nothing. I prayed again and nothing. I prayed again and nothing. And finally, about three weeks later, he said, try me. And he gave me a dollar figure. And I posted it with that dollar figure. And I thought, I'm ready to take a whole lot less than that. Maybe that's the starting. I don't know. I posted it. This past week, somebody came and gave me that exact dollar amount. And the Lord just reminded me standing right here that he told me to try me. That's all he told Elijah. Try me, Elijah. Try me. Okay, clear out the way. Put the sacrifice on the altar. Fill it, I mean, douse that thing with water. Soak it. Put water all around it. The Lord's saying, try me, Elijah. Add a little bit more water. Try me. And all he does is pray. Lord, it's your time to demonstrate. It's your turn. I've done what you told me to do. It's your turn to demonstrate. What do I do here? You, your part's done. The Lord is saying, your part's done. It's time for me to demonstrate. Why don't you stand with me? My wife's reminding me we had a mechanic work on that car that fixed it all. She was the one that blessed somebody with it. The Lord knows. I, I feel like just when we're honest with ourselves, when we're honest with God, we say, this is all that I have. I'm doing my part. You hear from God and you do your part. That's all we can do. When the Lord says, I don't want you staying here anymore. I want you going. 
I want you obeying. He's done his part. You do your part. You go. He'll continue to work it out. Whatever he tells you. I'm going to ask you, if you would, just to close your eyes. I believe the Lord is here and he wants to minister to us today. He knows every situation. He knows the words that he's already spoken to you. He knows the direction that he, know, that he wants your life to go. Jesus, I'm surrendering it all to you right now. God, I'm trying to just get myself out of the way. You know better than I do. You know more than I do. In the name of Jesus, God, you know more than I do. You know better than me, Father. I put it in your hands right now. I put it in your hands right now, Jesus. I shared this with a few of the men before service. But as I was praying about today, I felt like the Lord, he, he kind of gave me some words to pray. And then he told me afterwards just the meaning of it, how serious this is. I'll be honest with you. I'm not looking for a response today. I'm not. I'm not look I'm not I don't need anybody to validate anything that I've said or what the Lord said by a response today. The Lord said, "Let it be a commitment. Let it be a commitment. Let it be a decision." to a new way of life. Let it be a decision to a new way of life. What does that mean? To obey me, to trust me. When I tell you to go, just go. When I tell you to do, just do. Let that be the response. Let that be the commitment, the decision. I'm not negating anything that happens here in a place of prayer or at an altar by any means. But what the Lord is saying is, I am ready to act on their behalf. I am ready to prove myself, to demonstrate who I am, what I do. I just need them to respond and act not at one time. I need them to commit. I'd like us to pray. Father, you know every heart. You know my heart, Lord. You know us all. God, you know the truth of your word and who you are to us. You know exactly what we need and when we need it. Jesus, you are all in all to every one of us. God, you've made us all. You've created us all. You've placed us where we are for this time, for this season. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm committing my life to you right now, Father. I know that you are good. I know that you are the God that hears us 
I know you are the God that would lead us and bring direction and bring answers. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do before we close this service. If you feel like you need direction over whatever, maybe a simple decision, maybe a life-changing, altering decision, but you've been praying about it and you know the Lord wants to give you direction, I'm going to ask if you would come and stand in the front just as a sign of your faith. Lord, I'm, leading, I'm giving this to you. I'm going to trust in your direction. I'm going to trust in the work of your spirit. I'm surrendering my own, Lord. And I'm going to follow your direction as you lead. Come on, every eye closed. Why don't we just continue to pray? All across this room, would you just pray what the Lord wants to do right now? God, I pray that you would minister clear direction. I pray, God, that you would prove yourself just as you have so many times, just as you have over and over. God, just as you have every time, I pray, Father, you would speak direction. God, I pray that you would lead the path, that you would guide the path, Father. Let your word be the lamp to our feet. God, let your word illuminate the steps that we're supposed to take. God, I pray let there be a witness of your spirit in my spirit. I want to hear your voice, Jesus. I want to know what is your will, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, help me to hear your voice, Lord. Help me to know your ways, Jesus.